is NFT Time Podcast with Sammy and Grapefruit. We have a special episode for you guys. It is my first freaking NFT family, like Metaverse with Roberto and Jay Mays. Welcome, guys. I'm. This is a long time coming. I literally just told you guys, like, I don't know, like, we need to pop out tons of episodes, like, like the family needs these. And like, I've, I've been thinking of like bringing on like more team members and just people from the community. Cause especially now that you guys launched your recently launched your access pass, like we gotta, we gotta get pumping on some episodes. So we have Roberto, who's the founder of the meta, one of the co-founders of the metaverse. And then Jay Mays, who's the chief creative of the metaverse and also co-founder. So if you guys want to just like start with your general background, like maybe like touch on like your professional background, maybe what you were doing before NFTs and, and then how you got into NFTs. So Roberto, I don't, do you want to go first? Yeah, I do. I'll go first. First of all, I got my coffee cause I got to bring my energy up. It's 10 40 PM, but you know, we got to match Sammy with the energy. So no NFTs. Look, I, I, before I got into NFTs, which actually my first foray into NFTs, well, yeah, I'll start with what I was doing before, which was product development. I've been a, I started off as a front end designer and, and developer. And then I sort of from there was a natural progression to get into mobile sort of during like the gold rush of the app store days and uh, started building a lot of apps. I probably built over in my life for, for businesses, you know, large and, and small and medium, but also my own suite of apps that were in the photo and video space. My, my big sort of like breakthrough moment in the app game was this app called pick lab that in 2015 was the most downloaded photo editor in the U S I and mean, it was like constantly topping the charts and like just behind YouTube, Instagram, Snapchat, and the photo video category. So that, that was really exciting for me. And, and I was able to kind of like leverage that build a lot of other products around that and that ecosystem. And, uh, and turned it into, into a pretty profitable company that I'm now looking to sell. I have a deal on the table. So we'll probably, because now we're like 180% metaverse. So yeah, the last eight years, that's what it's been. It's been building, shipping, deploying product and web and mobile. And then in, I've always been interested in crypto, got into ETH back in 2016. And in 2017, I made my uh, first NFT purchase, which was CryptoKitties. And then I was compromised. My MetaMask was stolen, just like, you know, and, and I was so bummed out. I was like, this space is just garbage. It's, it's, you know, for grifters, it's terrible. Like I hate it. And I left for, for a couple of years. And then I came back in to the ecosystem with Top Shot, NBA Top Shot. And so from there, it was a natural progression. I got really, really interested in what was going on. And then I made a Cool Cats purchase, which was sort of my big, at the time it was like one ETH when I bought the Cool Cat and it was my big purchase and, and foray back into the space. And I realized like, damn, like, this is still a scammer's paradise. This is still like a grifter's playground. They're all over the place. People are still getting got. Just like I got my MetaMask compromised. Now I'm seeing everybody in the family, everybody in the community, like day in and day out. And I was like, you know, on Instagram back then, which was only like eight months ago, it was just like all garbage, right? All scam accounts. And, and, and I was like, you know what? There needs to be a trusted uh, voice that really resonates in the space. And so that's what we set out to build. And I had also in, in the last, over the last several years, I'd, I'd built many Instagram pages and communities and audiences, several millions of, of followers, and I'd since sold them all. So I kind of like leveraged all my skills and, and built this page called the metaverse and fast forward six months, it's now the, the largest web three community on social. And so, yeah, I just wanted to give that little background how the, how the metaverse came about. Yeah, no, definitely. Wait, Roberta, how, how was your wallet compromised? Like, did you click on a scam link or? I, I clicked on a, no, you know what it was? I downloaded, yeah, I clicked on, it was like, I forget what it was, but I downloaded this uh, .exe file, right? And I got, God, it was like, click on this for some, you know, I, I was just naive. I was new to the space. 
there's a lot of scams going on just like they, they still are today. I clicked on a file, I downloaded uh, executable and uh, yeah, boom, drained my, my whole wallet, which wasn't a lot. It was like a few crypto kitties and like a little bit of ETH, but it still was enough to piss me off and, and like I left for, so that's why I'm so passionate about like anti, you know, scam prevention and educating the masses and onboarding people into the space responsibly. Cause I know if it's not done right. People will just leave and, and join the NFTs are scam camp, you know, and I can't blame them. So, yeah, I mean, I mean, seeing where you are now, like that scam was definitely your rite of passage into yeah, something. Everybody great. goes through it too, right? Like everyone goes through it. So it's, it's funny, but that was mine. Yeah. Oh, I have so many more questions on like the beginnings of the metaverse, but let's uh, go to Jamie's like Jamie's, if you want to talk about, I know like your, I've heard that your past background is very unique and very interesting. So just want to talk about like some of the work you've done in the past and then yeah, just your, your journey into, into NFTs. It's so funny to hear people say that my journey is interesting because to me, I, I'm only around Hollywood people. I don't know anybody else. Like all of my friends are writers, actors, producers, studio executives, and we're in this like related bubble. And one of the really exciting things for me in the last couple few months has been getting to know non-Hollywood people. It's been such a pleasure. My name is Jay Mays, also known as Jesse. I am a television writer and a screenwriter. I got my first writing job about eight or nine years ago when I was in my mid-20s. And the first show I worked on was called Flesh and Bone. And I got hired to write on the second season. It got canceled before it aired. I got hired to write on the second season of a show called The Returned. It got canceled before it aired. And then I got my first produced writing job on a show called Montauk, which then we changed the name to Stranger Things. And it became one of the, the biggest hits. Uh, ever and we couldn't I mean I'm it's, I'm still surprised that that it touched as many people as it did I worked on the first two seasons of that then I went to work on a show called Narcos in between seasons and then I got poached by a studio called MRC that they produce Ozark and House of Cards and uh, a bunch of other things and so I've been under a deal with them exclusively for the last four years I wrote a show on a show called The Outsider on HBO, which was really fun because it's a Stephen King novel and I've been a Stephen King fan my entire life and getting to work with him was incredible. And since then I have gotten my first show picked up and, and then I found Web3 and NFTs and found myself here, which has been the most exciting part of my career so far. But I always knew I wanted to be a writer. I, I grew up writing Grew up writing stories, grew up writing my own little screenplays, mostly slasher films because I love to kill people off. I went to Columbia University for creative writing and thought I was going to be a novelist. And, and then I ended up in TV and then I ended up in NFT. So, so far, my life has gone exactly as planned. Jamie's the craziest part is like, you are so freaking precious because you talk about like these, you're just like, you talk about these shows that you write for so casually and so humbly. And I, like, I'm over here, like, I used to binge some of those, like, on a day, like, on a weekly basis. So it's just crazy that you're like, I, I, I wrote for this, I wrote for this. And I'm like, I, like, I need people on the, like, all the listeners of the podcast to, like, l listen to your, your backstory. Because this is, like, you have so much credibility. It's crazy. Well, I feel so lucky to have the metaverse. I mean, I'm forever grateful to uh, my brother and Quinn for accepting me into the metaverse family and, and Roberto for trusting me to take on. I'm writing the story of 
MV3 and it's become so much more than a story to me. It's been like the greatest, most exciting journey of my life so far. And I say that so truthfully. I've written on a lot of successful shows and I've had a blast in different writers' rooms, producing, collaborating with various producers and actors and directors. And I have never had so much fun as I'm having now working with this community and with my brother and with my husband. It's just truly a dream. And Tomas the Goat. <laughs> I, I love it. I love it. Wait, so then like, yeah, how, like explain, how did you get into NFTs? Like, how did you, like, who pulled you into the metaverse? Like, how did this happen? I'll tell you exactly how I got NFTs. It was like seven months ago, my brother used to live in LA and he was at my house and we were all hanging out in the kitchen and he was like, yo, Jesse, look at this thing. It's called a world of woman. It, it goes for 1.2 ETH. And I was like, what? And he was like, yeah, and I didn't understand it, but I was instantly like, should I buy one? Like, I don't, you know, I, cause I trust my brother so much. And so I tried really hard to, I didn't end up buying one. My brother, I think bought the one that I, that I wanted and now belongs to his wife, Foyla, so it's fine. I remember that moment exactly too. And then I showed you my cool cat and I think you and Tori were looking at me like, no, it, you cool, know, has he lost it? Like, <laughs> the cool cat I did, I, I remember, God, this is going to sound so like, I actually go on it. Well, I'll say it. My nanny was in the room with us and she was like, she was mortified, right? That we were talking about like buying JPEGs for thousands of dollars. And so I was, I was mortified as well because I was like, oh my God, I'm going to get out of my house. You made me look bad, right? I just did not understand it at all. But I trust my brother. He's the smartest person I know. He had this YouTube video called what is a non-fungible token? It was a 10 minute video. I watched about 25 seconds of it. And I was like, nope, not for me. You're, you're cute, bro. But and then a, I'll, I'll tell you the, the true story. It's kind of a sad one, but I think it's, it's an important part of my journey, which is I was pregnant. I, I had a miscarriage and, it, and I was so deeply upset as was my husband, Miyagi. And we were, I was in the car and we decided to take a weekend out of town because there was a whole bunch of other stuff happening in our life right now and, and some drama with my work stuff. And I just needed some time alone. And all I had been doing was, I think what, what women tend to do when they get into these situations was I was desperately scouring the internet to find out what I did wrong to cause this event. And I knew that was unhealthy behavior. And I was like, I need anything else to distract my mind. And I was like, let's open Roberto's new Instagram page. And, and so it saved me a little bit. Like the metaverse, honestly, it pulled me out of this really dark moment. It gave me something else to care about. And, and then the next step into that was actually, it took me about a week and I was finally like, hey, Roberto, can you uh, get me an invite into the metaverse discord? Uh, and he was like, wait, what? Yeah, you want it? And so he sent it to me. And as soon as I got into that community, I felt just this outpouring of love. It was, it's not even just love. It was so much fun. Like, I mean, you guys all know NFT chat. I was like a day from the moment I discovered. Shout out NFT chat. <laughs> oh my God. Huge shout out NFT chat. I was like, why am I laughing out loud at like, while looking at like weird strangers on the internet, talk shit about each other and NFTs. It was just, the <laughs> it was the greatest experience. And then from there, I just caught it. Like it was this weird background that I have from writing television and also Things to my brother growing up around video games and sort of understanding like psychology behind that and 
thanks to my mother being in Venezuela and going to casinos when we were children, like deeply understanding the gambling and the casino aspect. And there was just something about this like mix of storytelling and community and gaming and commerce that just made so much sense to me. I just instantly, I just instantly got it and I saw it. And I, and Roberto and I started talking about what the next iteration of storytelling could be and how to bridge that gap between web two and web three. And very, very quickly we created a vision and we've just been moving toward it. And I think we'll probably continue to move toward it mostly because it's so much freaking fun to work with your family. No, yeah, I, I love that so much. I Okay, yes, guys, shout out to NFT chat. Everyone, everyone listening right now to the podcast, like you know who you are if I've interacted with you late at night at 2 a.m. NFT chat, shout out to those people. And like, just to reiterate what you said, Jamie's like, it really is family. Like there's been so many times and these certain people will know where like, I just go out, I drink a little bit and I will go into voice chat and I'll like yeah. <laughs> turn, I'll turn on the camera and be like, sup guys. And like, I don't do that with anyone. Right. But I'll, I'll, I'll do that in, in the metaverse discard. Cause that like, that it's like at the end of the day, like, like all of those, all of those people are like family. Right. So it's just, and it's crazy to think. Cause like months ago, like I didn't even like, just only a, literally probably only four months ago, I didn't know any of these people. <laughs> no, yeah, I, I, remember, I, I remember too, when you joined Sammy, like I instantly knew, I was like, oh, like this person is going to be an OG. Like, cause like everybody just loved Sammy right off the bat, man. Like the energy that you brought in. It reminded me of like Lee, you know, Lee, like Lee was another one where I was just like, yo, yeah. this guy's energy is just on another level. Like he's just on another wavelength. Right. And that, and that was kind of like you. And it was funny. I remember being at the Azuki event after like a night of drinking, we would just pop in a voice chat, like, yo, what up everybody? Like streaming it for people. And it really is like a family, man. I'm always in there like 2 a.m. Like you said, I can't sleep. I'll just hop in NFT chat. It delays my sleep by another two hours, but uh, it's a spot. It. It's my like, home on the internet. It really is. NFT chat is my home on the internet. So NFT, I mean, I think all of us are, set, we're always in NFT chat. So I think it's pretty fair to say NFT chat is all of our homes on the internet. <laughs> It's funny, like I am not a techie person. I am not like I until recently I I had social media and then I deleted it and I'd been off it for a couple of years and I, you know, read books and paperback and it just is not me at all. Like I didn't have a Reddit account. I've never went on TikTok and then and now I'm obsessed with Discord and I am obsessed with Twitter and I feel like I get it and I had been denying myself the pleasure of Gen Z technology. <laughs> I'm like, it's the greatest. But yeah, I, this Metaverse family, so good. Heck yeah. I'm gonna, I'm gonna pivot it over to Grapefruit now to like just talk more about like, like the background of the Metaverse and for anyone who's listening to the podcast that doesn't know about the Metaverse, like I just want them to know like the humble beginnings, what it's all about and how it pretty much grew to like mil like a population of millions. So great for take it away. Yeah, I just wanted to say like I remember the first LA party we went to, Sammy was like mortified because she went on video and was like, I just doxed myself to everyone. <laughs> it was hilarious. I know, um, I know. I was so scared. And then after I did it, I was like, all right, hello, friends. Now <laughs> like video on is videos are on forever. But yeah, I just wanted to for me too coming into web3 like i'm pretty new three months in probably like the metaverse instagram has been super like educational and just awesome and keeping me in the loop and like i'll see other friends like sit on instagram too and i don't think they're in the discord or anything but it's just so cool to see 
So on that note, can you give us a little background of Metaverse, how it was formed, and just kind of what your expectations were coming, or like, you know, standing up the Instagram and yeah. I mean, you know, like I said, I I recognize it was a void, right? Because, you know, first of all, a lot of the space, most participants are in Discord and Twitter, right? Like that's where the culture is. That's where, where the chatter is, the conversation, the alpha, everything, right? And so first off, I thought there was an opportunity on Instagram just because all the pages on Instagram were literal, just like garbage, scam after scam. It was like almost like a criminal ring, like literally, they're not even exaggerating. And so just using my like chops of building Instagram pages from from the past, I, I started uh, Metaverse and I knew I needed we needed to go in an educational direction. And then that's when I, I tapped Quinn, who I had known for like five years, and he was like a really talented Instagram page builder. And then really, it was, the focus was just education, right? And that was it, like onboarding the main, from the beginning, the ethos and the plan and the mission was to onboard the mainstream, which I still believe, you know, Discord and Twitter are pretty niche, Instagram is mainstream, right? So onboarding the mainstream into Web3 in a responsible way, you know, and that was it. And so we led with education, we led via transparency, we kind of showed the audience how all of these scams in the space were, were being um, perpetrated, what to look out for, uh, really focusing on the underlying technology, trying to explain why we believe it's so disruptive, but also then like warning about the perils and the dangers and, you know, and all the, all the uh, sort of bad actors in the space. And so, again, like I said earlier, I think that really, really resonated with people, right? Like clearly, because it was you know, the fastest growing IG page, which we'd, you know, then, then we, we figured out a way to, you know, turn that audience into community, right? And it started with the Discord server opened in late October. So what are we in April? So it's only like six, seven months old, which is crazy. Like, it feels like we've, you know, like I've known these people in this Discord for like five years, you know, Bored Ape one year anniversaries in a couple of days. Like, it's just crazy how fast the space has moved, right? Like, unbelievable. But yeah, great for to answer your question. That's how it was formed. It was formed with a desire to onboard the mainstream responsibly into the space, a space that we all certainly believe is you know, the, the next evolution of the internet, incredibly disruptive. And so we just want to be that voice that could get people interested in it for the right reasons. Yeah, that's awesome. I, I think it really does resonate with a lot of and like, so when you guys started, you expected to gain so much popularity. I know you were saying like, it was definitely a hole that you guys were trying to fill. But now just seeing how much I mean, to be going. honest, a little bit. Yes, like, we, you know, <laughs> first, I, I, I built several, I mean, I built a page that was 3 million followers, another one 1.5 one. So like, I just I, I, I know, like, marketing very well, I know what resonates with with audiences very well. And so I was I was confident I was bullish, but I did not expect it to grow this quick. And I think the big unlock actually was when meta when Facebook changed their name to meta. We rode a wave like you wouldn't believe because when people started searching meta, into Instagram, metaverse would come up at the top, right? And so actually a lot of people thought we were meta. So I remember getting DMs like, fuck you, Mark Zuckerberg, you ruined my life. And I'm like, no, you're, you know, this, <laughs> this is not him. And so we definitely rode that wave. I think we grew like 400,000 followers in like a couple of weeks, just because that momentum was there, like this incredible attention to this, to, to Facebook's name change. And we were certainly beneficiaries of that. So, so there was a component of luck for sure. And then I guess another question, like what's been the most challenging part of like co-founding metaverse what do you think jesse i mean to to me it's this the scams you know it's just like the heartbreak of i mean you know you guys are probably certainly familiar with it where your friends and family are just getting scammed by you know whether it be a fake instagram page or some some you know shitty sketchy twitter influencer or or discord dms it's like it's just really really heartbreaking and so the the biggest challenge has been like 
know, how do we get this message out there? How do we educate people? How do we educate the masses to prevent this from happening? Because it's just so like, it really is disheartening, you know, but I don't know if there's anything you want to add, but yeah, that, that, that like keeps me up at night, like watching people get scammed. It sucks. I want to be really clear that I get to do all of the fun stuff while Roberto gets to do all of the really difficult stuff. Like he has designed and created, he sources all of the news that's on the Instagram page. Everything that you read are his words. He is always, you know, he, it's his baby and he doesn't, and rightfully no, so he doesn't really let anybody else touch it because he, it's his baby, you know, he knows what he's doing. And, and so that's a responsibility that I very luckily do not have but I'm so grateful because I am just a, like, in so many ways, I'm just an audience member. I get so excited every time the metaverse tweets. Cause I'm like, what is going on in this crazy world that we all exist in? So, so yeah, I'm not a, I'm a founder of MV3. I'm not a founder of the metaverse. I'm just a. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's been, it's like every day it's just fire after fire, right? Like today we've had, you know, some backend stuff where we're at the pre-mint, the registration, we found some exploits that we had to patch up and vulnerabilities. Right now we're doing an MV3 sales bot. I'm literally on my other screen is like this discord with all of our developers just going through. There's always like cultural drama, I would say like community drama. Hey, this person said this, I wasn't comfortable with it. Obviously now we have like this massive community team to deal with stuff like that. But nah, yeah, I would say building and managing metaverse is just kind of like, you know, fire after fire after fire and and that's the stuff that people don't see you know like un, under the hood but I, either way i love it and i also get to participate in a lot of the fun stuff like jesse so it's awesome <laughs> i'm like i'm just writing characters no but it's it's been so inspiring i just i want to take a moment if people don't know roberto and i are brother and sister and we're also best friends and we have been our entire lives and i've always been inspired by roberto he's also been somebody who's never had to work that hard like he has sort of skirted on the edges a lot because he's so naturally good at things and he procrastinates like a motherfucker it's like was so frustrating i think for us because like he wouldn't like speaking you know, of that i gotta do my taxes shit no, no, I'm just kidding. Maybe edit that one out. No, I'm just kidding. Hey, shout out IRS. <laughs> now keep it in. Yes, but this is, he can be he can be a bit irresponsible because he knows he doesn't have to put that much effort into things to succeed. He's just one of those people. And since he has started on the metaverse, there was this insane shift that has happened in him where I now just see the effort that you're putting into it, right? You're working 24 seven, it's nonstop. It's so inspiring because I thought I was a hard worker and now I think I'm lazy. He really, he really believes in this stuff. And I think that's one of the reasons that I got so bullish on the metaverse because Roberto's conviction was so high. How could I not be? Yeah, no, I, I got, I got to say like in Jesse too. And, but every waking moment I'm working like, you know, but it doesn't feel like work. Cause I love it. Like, I think to Jesse's point, one of the reasons why like, no, I'm just so, so passionate about this stuff. All my life, I feel like I've been searching for this concept of Ikigai. I don't know if you guys are familiar with it. It's actually a concept I just learned like five years ago. And I realized like, holy shit, like I think, I think Ikigai is like what we all seek, you know, and, and finally I, I found it in, in the space. And Ikigai is basically the intersection of four things. It's what you love, what you're good at, what you can be paid for and what the world needs, right? And I've never had and, and like that sweet spot in the middle, the intersection of all is is called Ikigai. And it's a Japanese, what I guess proverb would be the wrong word, but like a Japanese concept, right? And so that's what I feel like I found here, you know? And and so that just, I'm, I'm telling you, like, I can't go to sleep because I'm excited. I can't wait to wake up because I'm excited just to continue to build uh, what we're building. And again, like to, to, to Jesse's point, 
before this, you know, I consider myself a hard worker, but like in spurts. And then sometimes I'd like take two years off where I'm just like resting on my laurels because I've never really been 100% passionate in anything that I've done, like 100%. And finally, I found that where it's like, I feel like it's 110%. You know, so I'm all systems go turbo mode all day, every day. And I, I love it. And like get the, the fact that I get to work with Jesse, like my sister, my best friend, you know, you, you, it's just like, it feels like a dream. It's like surreal. Like I'm just like over here smiling. <laughs> <laughs> that makes me so happy. Great food. I wish you were on camera next time. Next I know, time. dude, guys, I look a mess. Like I'm going to spare everyone. Nah, no way, no way. I'm, I'm sure you look amazing because you're beautiful. I, I went on camera, so you should go on camera. <laughs> nah, no pressure, by the way. No pressure. I'm just she, she just came back. <laughs> She just came back from Coachella. She's she's reviving. Yeah. Okay, okay, that's okay. So you yeah. got a good excuse, and you got a good excuse. I, have a good excuse. I laid in bed all day. <laughs> mm. How was it, by the way, Coachella? It was amazing. I heard it was like more packed this year than any other year ever. Was that true? Yeah, they oversold oh, it like crazy. Oh, shit. So. oh no. Yeah, couldn't get any drinks. I had to wait in lines. <laughs> I just didn't use the bathroom, but it was really How- fun. It was, huh? No, I was just gonna say Coachella and then and then hosting a podcast. Like you, you guys are super women. Right, man. I don't Nonstop. feel like it. actually let's transition a bit to like the for like for everyone listening, like let's transition a bit because the metaverse is the group, the Discord, right? And but then there's MV3, which is like the NFT. So if you guys want to Roberto JBs, if you guys want to speak a little bit about like the MV3 NFT, maybe like what it is, what it's going to be, anything you want. For, for, for like anyone who's listening that maybe doesn't even like is brand new I mean, to you know, NFT that doesn't I, I could give you the top level sort of like macro summary and then Jesse elaborate on that. But basically okay. NFTs, I mean, you know, our, our ambition is to create the next great franchise. I think there's a world in where we can do birth from an NFT collection where the holders get to directly participate in the upside of that IP. Like, and I, and I think that is such a magical unlock that's never existed before. Tokens give us a chance to do that. Right. And so, so that's it. Like that in a nutshell is the mission, the, our absolute like North star, you know, but uh, we're also going to pack this thing with a lot of utility as well. Right. So the, the, and, and other things that we'll announce later, but the main priority is, is to, like I said, these are incredible characters and stories that Jesse are developing, that Jesse's writing and Tomas is, is creating. He's an absolute wizard. And uh, we, we just strongly believe that we can get to a point where in in a few years, five, seven, whatever years, they could be household names. And so I'll let Jesse elaborate on that because she really explains it well. Yeah, I will elaborate on that by saying Roberto is, a, is an enthusiastic hype guy. And I, I am too in my heart, but I also, it, these care, it's it's my work, right? And I am in a place in my career where I finally, I've, I've really hit that place where people want to want to buy my work and want to make my work. And, and I've been really selective about what I want to do with that little bit of power that I finally accrued in Hollywood. And this felt like such a natural transition. First of all, the characters that were created within the MB3 universe, as you guys know, uh, now so many of them are are created by beloved members of our community they have been inspired by them including sutra who was my first friend in the metaverse and is such a cutie and uh <laughs> and most sutra, yeah he is a cutie huh hey <laughs> shout out sutra yeah shout hey out. sorry carly yeah, but i like sutra proud members of sutra nation he's just sutra nation anyway yeah so sutra then most recently today i finally got to 
Francis character that Roberto and I and the entire team has been so excited about that was very much inspired by Plague. Shout out Plague for being my sensei. And, and yeah, I'm so close to these characters and I'm so close to the world and I just see it. I don't know if we're going to be able to create a great franchise. I can't promise that anything will ever get made. We could, that that's just the nature of this industry. It's We could do everything in our power and still not deliver on any of our dreams. And I want to be very clear on that. But what I also want to be clear on is that I see a path forward and I'm going to fight my ass off for MV3 because uh, in the same way that Roberto's like, I've never been so passionate about this. Neither have I. I wake up every morning and I feel like it's Christmas morning. I jump into the discord and it's all of my pals. For the first time, I'm not building something for myself or for financial reasons or, or for, you know, the, the an audience that I'll never know. I'm building it for a community and a family that I care about. And I understand that the success of the thing that I build will potentially rise lift everybody else up with me and with my brother. And that is the most valuable North Star that I could possibly imagine. So right now I, I'm writing a story in the same way that I write anything. I start with my characters, I start with a conflict and I let it build from there. And it has grown so organically. I've said this a couple of times now, but it does, it feels like a gift from the universe. Roberto and I had a conversation we started talking about an NFT collection and within an hour I was at my computer and I had and I had the story ready. I just knew what it was going to be and it has evolved and grown and grown. And so this is the first iteration. We have our I think our launch is going to be really cool. We keep telling everybody become the story and we haven't really announced how that's going to work, but there's going to be a few chapters and at the end of every chapter you will be encouraged to make a choice with the token that you hold. But you don't have to. You can also just hold it and, and, and enjoy how gorgeous these characters that Tomas drew are. And then from there, I'm already deep into the development of the film and what I hope that'll be. I think that's the next step for me is to dive into that. And then from there, I just envision this world where we can now onboard a game studio and game writers and I can work with them to find an iteration of what that'll look like. And I can work with a comic book writer and a comic book artist to give them these characters that you know we have created together and, and go off and do that. And I think we can plug it into so many different worlds because this is the most important part of all of it. And this is what I have learned as a television writer is without your fans, you are absolutely nothing. And right now, what we have built is a community that is supporting these characters so deeply, supporting them so much that they want to hold one of these characters and create for them. And I am bullish on that. That to me is the big unlock. I'm like, oh, wow, there's no more screen in between us where you guys, where I'm writing something and I throw it off. And then a year later, you guys are watching it on the screen. It is direct. It is immediate. It feels like there is a contract between creator and audience. And, and I have never experienced anything like it before. So I don't know, we're all learning together because this is the first time it's ever been done, which is wild. And yeah, I mean, com community first, right? Like that's been our ethos since the beginning. We've almost like, I feel like helped pioneer that term a little bit. Very early on, it was, it was obvious to us that, you know, this is a long-term game. And so many people are approaching Web3 as if it were just like this short-term, you know, kind of like, what's the word, uh, fad, right? And I'm like, this is a long-term game. And so everything that we do is with the community in mind all the decision that, that we've made and will make in the future is like, how do we bring value to our community, especially our holders? 
right? And so that's it. Like that's how we're going to operate, and that's our sort of business uh, methodology. Is does this make sense for our holders? Will this bring value to our community? And and that's it. I mean that that that's what we're all about. So I love it. Uh, like Jamie's, I know you're. I know you. I know you're a writer, but like you are also a great speaker. When you were talking about that, I was just like sitting here, like wow. I'm absolutely inspired right now by what you're saying. <laughs> Did you tune into her space today? No, I didn't. No, you I didn't. Oh, there, there was a re- there's a recording. It was like it was like a, a masterpiece. I was like just sitting there listening, like. <laughs> no, I honestly, I'm actually not a great speaker at all. I am an awkward, slightly. I mean, you you met me when all the metaverse people were over at my house. I just crouched in a little corner with. And I just watched people and I was so happy that everybody was there and so happy that I could watch everyone. And I was like, I'm good. You know, I'm good. I'm awkward. Right. But I'm so It's the things that I'm passionate about and the things that I'm convinced about, I can speak about forever. So my family, my meta family, my stories, my craft and my child. There you go. I can, I can talk forever, but I, I, I totally resonate with what you're saying. Like when you're passionate and you believe in something, like you don't have to think, right. You just keep spewing and spewing. Cause it's just, it just comes so naturally. Cause you're just so motivated and so passionate about the That's project. It. That's so true. I'm so excited to share it. Like, I'm like, guys, I've been experiencing this magical thing. Who will listen? How can I bring you into this magical world that I have that I found. I do feel like it's like we're I do feel like we're at the beginning of something and that is an intoxicating feeling. No, yeah, definitely. And like the thing I love about such a big community like the metaverse is like you meet people from all around the world in that chat, all around the world. And it just it, it blows my mind. Like I've met like friends from India, friends from Asia, friends from Europe. Like it's so dope. It's so multicultural. And there's people it was like I remember being in a voice chat the other day and I was just like, this is so dope. Cause there's like there's like a 54 year old like father of four in there with like a you know a 15 year old girl from you know whatever and then like a 28 year old like so many different people from all over the world that you would never expect to to congregate and like have a conversations and and bond around any subject together, right? Now you have like this, man, it's just, it's amazing, like how this space brings people together and then we're all able to band around and bond around like a, a very, you know, collective love for, for Web3 and, and Metaverse NFTs, internet, P2E gaming and all that sort of stuff. So it's just, it's really awesome to see. Isn't that the most beautiful thing to see that you can be anybody who you want in this space? Like in my real life, I am, you know, a woman and a mother and my mid thirties, I am a successful television writer. I live in a certain neighborhood. I drive a certain car. People see me and they interact with me as the person who they see. And I think most of the people who are my close friends in the metaverse never probably would have approached me or become my friend in real life because you know there are all of these differences between us. And it's this like wonderful equalizer where it doesn't matter what you look like. It doesn't matter where you come from. It doesn't matter your income level. It doesn't matter what your parents do, what your parents did. It, we all come to the space as equals. And that is the other thing that I'm bullish about because I'm like, how do we take that sensation of not being stuck in the ties that you were born with how do we take that and build right build on that so you can be anybody right it's i think it's incredible yeah so i was just gonna say like i tuned into the end of the spaces and i heard spanish fucking dope to just like hear you guys answering a q a in spanish and just like i don't know it didn't feel strange or like 
you know, like, like it, it didn't because I, I was worried about that. I was like, damn, should I be no. like live translating or like what do like, you know, <laughs> I was a little worried about that. But that's no, cool. Shout that out it... Compadre Nation. The Hispanic shout community out. of the metaverse is unbelievable. And no. I'm so I'm so grateful for them because Arredo and I always say we only speak Spanish to my mom. Right. Like that's it. And all of a sudden we have this entire community that has brought out that side of us. And it's, it's so special. I love it. I love it. All right, we're gonna pivot to just a few like, like, in your opinion questions, I think like the first one, like, what do you guys think, like now, like in current day, like current day, what makes a successful NFT project? I know, sometimes I know, like, the space moves so fast, right? So I feel like these answers change like day by day, but Facts. They, they changed like my answer two months ago would have been wildly different from my answer eight months ago. I think now at this point, right, like the market's pretty matured. And you know, what would have worked, like as an example, if Board Ape were launched today, it would have probably go nowhere, right? Like it was just, it, it was like the magic of their time. It was something new, it was something fresh. And what we've seen, anytime someone comes out with something innovative or new, there's a million copycats, right? Azuki dropped and there was like, how many Azuki's copycat, you know, wannabes have we seen? It's like, it, it's rampant, it's, it's insane, right? And so I think for, for a collection to be successful nowadays, there's some, some outliers, but generally you want like a really strong, accomplished team now. Right. You want you you want to you want to place your bets on people that have built something before or have a strong track record and certainly a flawless reputation. And and uh, and so I think that that's first and foremost. And then second, I think the the community behind that NFT project really has to be, you know, large, vibrant, enthusiastic, but more than anything, genuine. You know, and so a lot of people, if you look at a lot of project servers, I don't want to call out any by name, but it's all like floor talk or like GM, LFG. There's not a lot of really genuine relationships like developing, right? And so I have a pretty good, I would say, instinct for it. So sometimes I'll hop into a server and I can kind of tell, I was like, all right, this is a real community, you know? And right now there's a lot of super dope communities out there. Meta Relics is one, certainly, you know, like the CPG communities on the come up, the BFF community is great, Azuki, I could go on and on. But so first and foremost, founders and team, second would be community. And then three, I think the product has to be innovative and new in some form. You know, we don't want to see like a 10K animal PFP project where it's like adjective animal noun, it's just not going to work anymore if you don't have something, you know, a little unique towards it, right? So whether that be innovation at the smart contract level or beyond, I think that's really important. And so to me, those are the first three things that I look at. And then it's it's also art and a lot of other things like that. And, you know, certain projects just have like the shtick or like this meme potential where you think, okay, this could work. But but generally, the, those are the, the things that I look for as a basis before I'd even consider investing in a, in a project. And I don't know if you have your own JMAs, if you have like your own system, but that's sort of mine. I just like, I just like Azuki and, and Metaverse. And like- yeah, we love Azuki and we love Metaverse. <laughs> <laughs> so, so yeah, no, no, I, I don't know. I mean, Roberto, everything Roberto says, I echo. I look for projects that are innovating and projects with great teams. I don't, you know, you get that instinct, you get that feeling projects that probably are never going to go anywhere but there's something about the founder or the creator or the art that just that just resonates with me and i tend to be the buyer that just buys things that i like uh utility is, yeah. is, doesn't make sense to me as a word i'm like can we just 
can we just recognize that utility is another word for value? Like we're all just looking for things that bring value to the space. I don't think that there's anything in the space that's more valuable than a brand. Like when people are like, why is the Zuki floor so high? They haven't done anything. I'm like, they've created a brand and, and brands are, and brands are everything. Right. And so I'm like, I care more about a brand than I care about a token or a game that's ever going to get made or the, you know, there's all of these promises that are made and I'm like, cool, cool, cool. I probably don't want your physical, you know, product because my house is cluttered and probably not going to go to that party in Texas. And, you know, this token is, is nice, but it's probably going to go to zero in six months. And so what are we like, what is utility, right? Like when you think about how much money we're actually spending on these tokens, how is that utility in any way adding God, I sound like such a hater. I'm so sorry. Uh, I'm so sorry. <laughs> nah, just your honest thoughts, yeah. <laughs> no, no, but it, it, it's like, so So honestly, sorry, Project So, because it, it's hard out there. We know as founders, it's so hard to know how to bring how to bring value. But I think that's, that's what we've been focusing on is how do you build a brand? Because once you build a brand, you can do anything. Like, brand is everything. Brand is paramount. Is you know, that, that's it. That's the answer is, is, is brand. Another, another sort of pattern that I think we're going to see unfold, like Moonbirds was, was really a catalyst for this, but, but NFT collections are now going to become sort of like the new startup financing, right? Like the new venture capital. Funny enough, as, as much of a flop and a complete rug and really a scam as Pixelmon was, I think that was a bit of a watershed moment for the space because I think a lot of onlookers realized like, oh, okay, they had a proof of concept right? They, need, they require capital to build out this vision and to build out this plan. And they made $70 million to do it. Granted, it turned out to be like some, some kid who, you know, like we all know what happened with the Pixelmon story, but I think a lot of like professional builders, right. And, and especially, you know, accomplished people over the last two, three, four decades were like, Oh, I see what's going on here. Like, we just got to come up with a proof of concept, you know, build a community, show them what we want to build, whether that's a video game or a platform or, you know, wherever they're going with it. And basically explaining like, this is our startup capital, right? And you get to directly, again, participate in the upside of our startup. So instead of like these professional venture capitals getting paid multiples on their investment, you know, it's the everyday person, it's the retail trader, it's it's NFT enthusiasts that now get to, you know, to, to make that money, which I think is really special and, and a trend that we're gonna continue to see. Yeah, no, definitely. I, I like that was actually really refreshing to hear guys as it's i don't often look from like a higher level of how, like how the space is going to transform so it's just really nice hearing your thoughts especially like as like like a co-founder of such a big like project robert i feel like you have exposure to just like just like looking at the space from like a like a higher level so it's great to hear your perspective on that want to like pivot to make it kind of light like i know like you guys are deep in the weeds you know trying to trying to come out with like mv3 but like what do you guys enjoy doing for fun like outside of nfts i i i know most of the time we ask this people are like there's just no time but like if, if there's no time then like what did you used to do before nfts came into your life that would be right? a better question because like there's literally a, this is it you know like that this is all i've been doing but you i'll let jesse answer first and then that's true we got i got a new puppy i mean like what did i used to do i love i love playing sports i love video games but even now as much as i love video games i barely get a chance to play them i miss I miss playing Warzone with the homies every night, but yeah, unfortunately, like as far as, I mean, this is it right now, you know, but, but we know we have a mission at, at hand. We know there's a lot of people counting on us, a lot of people in the community. So for me, I, I take that responsibility very seriously. And, and, and like I said, every waking hour I'm, I'm at, and I don't think I'll burn out because I've always said like burnout is when you're, you're, you're in it for yourself. When you have like this number, I need to make this much money. I need to get this many subscribers. I need to get this many followers. That's very easy to burn out. But 
when you do it in service to others, like, like, you know, Jesse and I, and I think the team are doing here, it's like, you do, you do really get like the certain energy that, that comes to you. Right. So, so like, even today there was, you know, I've been at it all day and like there was certain calls that I just wanted to skip. And I was like, ah, but, uh, a partnership might come out of this might bring value to the holders. I got to do it, you know? And like that energized me. Whereas if it was just like a company I was doing for myself, you know, I've been like, nah, I'm going to go play some Warzone. I'll cancel that meeting. So it's my turn. Roberta's only, <laughs> I'm not going to talk about my hobbies. Roberta's only hobbies in life I've realized are trolling people and pranks. I, uh, <laughs> I can't tell you. I am a troll. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God, you're such a troll. Also, like inevitably, my brother and I, when he lived in LA, we used to, you know, we got together all of the time and inevitably the, the night would end with us watching YouTube videos of, of pranks that Roberta would like make me watch the same ones over and over and over again. So so those are the true hobbies. My hobbies, God, I don't know. Sammy's like, what's wrong with these people? <laughs> <laughs> she was like i expected like reading chess you know no. chess, leather bound books uh smoking cigars but no 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 although reading is my hobby because i am a i'm a certified bookworm and, and nerd and geek but even then i haven't not i used to read i kid you not i used to read like a book a day and i would stay up like every single night until like 2 a.m but i'm so exhausted but it's just except for the the first few months of my son's life like that has just been the thing that i've done like i'm all anywhere i have a book in my hands and, and i love reading so much and i don't know miyagi and i really like to hike uh, i don't really have any vices these days ex except for i finally have a, a vice that's called discord and <laughs> yeah i mean tra traveling and photography was my big big hobby and like but now you know, I got I got to shout out my 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 wife. She's like, when are we going to travel next? It's been a minute. I'm like, I'm sorry. Let me just get this done. And we'll go to Italy after the reveal. No, shout uh, out Carly. Honestly. Shout out Carly. She's been like super, super hey. patient. <laughs> I don't know what I would do if Tori wasn't as addicted as I was. Because that's the thing. Like my my husband is a partner in the metaverse as well. And 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 MV3. And, and so like at night, we're like, oh, Rumi's asleep. What do you want to do? Should we watch a movie? Should we read a book? And then we end being side by side on our computers like in nft chat together not talking to each other in person only talking to each other like, <laughs> you know, and laughing at the same things that are coming out at the same time and he's like yo look at this thing i want to buy and i'm like no you know it's just it's and tori so just buy sweeping the floor of random projects oh my god Tori, <laughs> I, I, he he got really upset with me roberto was there when this happened a couple weeks ago where i called him a 20. bad trader <laughs> <laughs> there should there should really be like a support group for all the for all the Jesse's significant like others, all the significant others of founders. Literally, <laughs> all come together and just be like, yeah, like my husband's just been at work for the past twenty four hours. I've just yeah. been lonely. That's a good company to say. Hey, what about building you know support for spouses dot com? Oh, spouses dot com. There we go. Before somebody else does. Don't fight that idea now. No, we, we might build it. Metaverse-spouse-support.com, right? <laughs> all, all the spouses of you. Not even, not even, not even founders. It just goes beyond that. Even community members that oh, are yeah, just any, constantly yeah. grinding, like all the SOs that are just waiting for them to get off Discord. Anonymous message board for spouses of NFT DGens to just trash them and you know, <laughs> a little safe space for them to to convene. That's not a bad idea. <laughs> yeah, I mean, now I'm thinking about it more. I'm like, this is not, this is, there's something there. So we're at like, we're almost at an hour now. I think like I'll pass it on to Grapefruit to ask just some like fun questions. We just love it, like asking like, 
I know it's been pretty heavy on like metaverse, your guys' lives, but now we just want to make it a little bit light, a little bit fun. So I'll leave it to Grapefruit to ask a few fun questions. Okay. This is our favorite one. I'll just start with this one. Would you rather spend the night in a dumpster or in a bathtub that's covered in clumps of random hair? Hair. Damn. What's in the dumpster <laughs> with me? And you got to clarify. Is it, up is it to like your, nice blankets up to your imagination? No, no, no. Uh, I mean, yeah. that, you know, that's a big difference. If there's like dead bodies in the dumpster versus if there's like comfortable <laughs> pillows and linen. There's um, comfortable pillows. I'm gonna choose the. I'm gonna choose the bathtub as well. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, hair is not that bad. Random hair is it's fine. Like it might have some wig. You're just like lying in a tub of wigs. You know, whatever. <laughs> Great. I'll do the tub. I don't know what it is with like all all the found like we're three for three grapefruit like with founders of nft projects every every single time we ask this question all the founders specifically are like what is in the dumpster yeah what's exactly? in the dumpster <laughs> like everyone wants analytical to know. brains i guess i don't know yeah well you guys are very decisive that's good yeah because some people have actually i don't know i feel like most people have been pretty decisive it gives me confidence in what you're gonna build also most, most, people, most people have chosen the dumpster so like especially especially <laughs> guys guys always choose the dumpster because i'm yeah, so surprised damn. roberto was like hair <laughs> okay but i can i just got to know what's in the dumpster that's all this the question's got to evolve you you know we got to have details of what's in the dumpster <laughs> this is my thought process a dumpster is outside right so it's not a controlled environment anybody can throw anything into the dumpster there's going to be outdoor critters that can go into the dumpster there's probably like people pissing in the dumpster after a night out drunk where a bathtub is indoors why does the bathtub have hair in it i don't know maybe some mother of 12 children decided to cut all of her kids <laughs> hair that day into the bathtub and that doesn't that sounds fine that sounds totally fine to me <laughs> bathtub all right we'll both go bathtub Okay, yeah, now I'm leaning towards bathtub too. Let's see. Okay, would you rather move to a new city or town every week or never be able to leave the city or town you're born in? Ooh. A bit more, more complicated. See, I, I've like, I've, I've traveled enough where now I'm like, I'm comfortable. I like my routine. I like being at home. So like now I would probably choose the, the latter, just like never well, leaving you the- didn't, You didn't listen to the question well, because oh, it's not okay. staying at your home now. She said, where you, the city you were born in. But man, moving every single day, that's a hassle. You'd never be able to get anything done. No, I would, I mean, that's I would fun. choose that too, but Maracaibo is is a bit, uh, I mean, dangerous right now. True. I'd still just be, I don't know. I can't, I can't oh, travel God. every day. I'd go I crazy. Well I, I can just look travel. at Google images and be like, oh, <laughs> that's what that looks like. Nice. Okay. Guys, or I VR. actually- I'd stay in the same place. Yeah, same, same. I hate traveling. I, I, I would be happy. It's also like I hate flying places, and then you go on holiday or to try. And there's so much pressure to to do things, and you know you don't want to waste opportunities. And like I'm like I like car trips. I, I feel the same way. But creature of habit. I just like you know at this point I have a mission. We got to build out. We got to build out our vision, and and so requires a little bit of routine to do that so wow we are i'll so choose the ladder <laughs> like we just want to work all day eh, sorry Rayford, do you have do you want to ask any other questions other than that like we're, we're pretty good on time thank you roberto and jamie's for coming on the podcast and like this is seriously a long time coming. i'm like looking at i'm like how is it you guys are on this in april like come on but honestly it's the best time because the access passes just came out like the reveal will be soon like now is now more than any time is is the best time to come out with like mv3 episodes right 
So thank you guys so much for being on the thank podcast you so today. Much. I, I can't thank wait you guys. To hear yeah. All of the other episodes with every single member of NFT Chat. Yes, yes. And <laughs> and for all of you who are just if you guys are listening and you are nervous about NFTs, you're new. The the metaverse is where it's at, guys. There's no better starting community than the metaverse to learn, to gather materials, do your own research. Like it's a great community. Highly recommend it. Thank you so much, guys. This this was a, an honor, really. Like you're right, a long time coming, and uh, we'd love to do it again. So you know, if you'd have us, let's do it again sometime. I will have yep. you guys any freaking day of the week. <laughs> any freaking day. Let's go.